0: Jargon and Hubs with the 1220 Snubs, the podcast that only
1: the informed Power Alley listeners
0: choose. Worst we've ever seen. You're kidding me. No. First
1: as in? In the history of numbers. Yeah, that's lower than I thought. Hello and welcome to another edition of Jargon and Hubs and the 1220 Snubs. I'm Jimmy Johnson alongside my partner, Eric Carlson, on Trade Deadline Day. What a day it was. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But first, let me say hi to you, Eric. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing all right. It's been a little bit since we've uh, been on the mic together. So had a little vacation, got down to Chicago, didn't get a chance to check out a ball game this time, too much family stuff to do. But uh, it was also way too hot. But that's just me. I prefer the cold.
1: Yeah. If you did check out a ball game, you could have walked over to the uh, maybe the post game live television hit and uh, stuck your head in. That would have been fun. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean I've been on TV before, so it's no big deal.
1: Exactly. That is exactly the point I'm about to make. We're gonna hit that right away at number five. At five. There's five, sir. That's
0: five. Yes, sir. Number five. Number five. Launch Maverick on alert five.
1: Coming in at number five this week, it's stiff arm pirate fan. This uh, this is great. Rob King, who is a host for. Uh, Roots Sports, oh, AT&T Sports. See, I can't even remember what they are. I worked with him when I was out in Pittsburgh as a student. I was a senior at the University of Pittsburgh, and I worked at Fox Sports Pittsburgh. That's what it was then. And I worked with him in studio. I would roll the teleprompter for him and everything. Really cool dude, really big baseball fan. That's aside the point. So he's he has this moment where a fan leans in during their either pregame or postgame, looks like postgame, and he get the fan gets really really close to him so he just gives him a good stiff arm and pushes him out of the way. I love this not just because I know the guy who did it, but it it's just great to see uh you know fans getting getting shoved out of the way here cuz what are you doing getting that close? Just just back away. Let let these guys and uh, let these women do their jobs
0: i mean if you want to get in on the shot you know walk behind be the yahoo with the weird sign or something like that in the background make your stupid faces it's like any other live tv broadcast sure but i mean he like pretty much it almost looked like he got up onto the little uh platform or stage or whatever it is that you want to call it that they've got the booth set up on i'm surprised he got that far where's like the production guys kind of around the edges hauling this guy back I, I, i
1: you you might need to see what kind of uh production setups there are, I mean, there's not always somebody there to kind of, if, if every production had a guy that could go around and just smack hands, I just like, no, you stay away. Uh, I I don't know if there'd be many productions left because the money that it would take to pay somebody to do that. So it, it, there's, there's in a production, there's always somebody doing something very important. Uh, so it takes away from that person that could do that. But still, why on earth? Like, are you, why are, why are fans so obsessed with getting, in on the action like that on tv like yeah as i said just stand in the background make the goofy face it's your, why it's your you 15 minutes
0: of fame man i mean if you can get on yeah, tv like... not all of us are as what the... privileged as you have been on television many times i mentioned i've been on tv a couple of times for a few different things um uh, not everybody's so privileged and they want their 15 minutes of fame i mean look at how much time we spend in a broadcast looking at fans that catch foul balls and why it's such a yeah. huge deal
1: I know, I know, but we're talking about 15 minutes of fame versus, you know, two minutes of being a jerk. Like, you don't have, you could you could draw the line. You could just, you can get your fame. Uh, now, this fan probably got a little bit of fame because he got shoved, but nevertheless, let's let somebody else do their job. I mean, we don't, we, we don't go in, we don't see them coming to our jobs and kind of like leaning in our office and getting in our way, you know?
0: Oh, God, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. It's frightening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess sticking along the lines of, I was going to take our next topic to our own workplace as well, so let's jump right into number four.
0: Four! Uh, wait, you don't think I can remember four numbers? I didn't want
1: salmon! I said it four times! At number four this week is the mid-game shave. We've seen this several times this year now. We saw uh, Gleber Torres do it. We saw Danny Janton do it. And most recent, Yasiel Puig on July 24th. He did it as a member of the Reds, uh, which he is no longer a member of. He's going to be suspended as a Red, but he's going to be an Indian. But nevertheless, mid-game he shaved it and shaved off the mustache. So uh, I I love the quote that's in this one article from Danny Jansen. He's like, I told myself I'd give it two or three at-bats and see what happened. I got an RBI, but I shaved it, and the next thing I know I got a hit. I did the same thing in AAA last year. For some reason, I'm two for two with the mustache shave. So I i wonder is is this something i can try to do maybe like or i should say you you're the one who's got the facial hair like during the middle of the day you're having a crappy day at work do you ever have the idea of man i should just shave and see if the rest of my day is better
0: i have contemplated shaving and i don't for those of you who haven't seen my profile picture on twitter i mean i don't have like a big bushy beard it's more of a kind of a shadow type deal here um my wife has never seen me clean-shaven, so it's usually kind of a, oh. a threat that I... Re- yeah, in the seven years that we've <laughs> been together, she has never seen me completely clean-shaven. It's just not a thing. So, uh,
1: see, see, I was going to say, in, in, in my nine years of marriage, Gina has actually never seen me with a beard because it's kind of not possible for those of you who haven't seen my profile pic. You could kind of see that got a little bit of the baby face going. So, I mean, at best, I could be having maybe a bad week and maybe on Wednesday just go... Oh, you know what? instead of waiting till Saturday, I'll just shave the scrub off my face. but uh I, that's that's as far as I could take it because i I just this is something that will never happen in my life, which I guess is a good thing because I don't have to shave every day.
0: So basically what you're telling me is that you have the Sydney Crosby playoff beard.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I might have even less than that.
0: Wow, so here's here's what we should do. we should we should put a bet down on uh, oh, on the World Series. And uh, if if you lose, you have to grow a beard or attempt to. <laughs> if I lose, I, I without telling my wife, because I don't know if she'll actually listen to this podcast or not. To be perfectly honest, but uh, I will just shave one day, and she'll come home to clean shaven <laughs> husband.
1: I, I'm all for this. <laughs> but you have to understand the difference in the who wins here. If you if I win and you have to shave, it's immediate. You could do it it's in true. what couple minutes and then it's done and you have to be like hey meanwhile gina like if this if i said i was going to do this and the world series ends on sunday on thursday gina's going to look at me and be like have you not shaved in like a couple days because it looks like you're growing a little bit of hair and then a week from now then she'll be like are you trying to grow a beard and then maybe maybe three weeks from that world series i might actually have something but i can't tell you because i've never gotten that far
0: this is what makes this pet great.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll
0: think on it. We'll think see. on it. We'll come
1: back yeah. to it. Well, I just, uh, Gina, just don't look at me for three weeks. See, see what happens. Maybe, oh, I know what I can do. I'll sit her behind the Mets foul pole and she won't see it happen. That's perfect. Let's hit that at number three.
0: Because I am good at three
1: things. Those are three pretty good things. <laughs> hey. Well, that last one's pretty cool. What was the third one? Now, I've already done one of those today, so what's the other one going to be, Huh? Coming in at number three this week is the Mets foul pole. That's F-O-W-L just like you've seen in Houston. And I, there's another ballpark. I'm blanking on it right now. But uh, the Mets went ahead and did a little mid-season remodeling. Not only did they add Stroman, but they went ahead and added some pretty, pretty obstructing views out in the outfield if you sat behind the foul pole. I mean, you already have the foul pole obstructing you, but now it's even wider. So if you take a look, if you go Google it, you'll see the vantage points. Um, not sure what You're thinking, especially doing this midseason, because the first thing that came to mind for me was, like, most people buy tickets before the game. So had you bought tickets down the line and checked them out and hit that button to see the view and go, oh, cool, I'm just a little right of the foul pole. I can see the pitcher. I can see home plate. That's perfect. And you show up to Mets Stadium and you find out you can't see anything. That would be awful. I
0: would be curious as to what the view from—I've never sat in the uh, in the corner at a ball game, so I can't even tell you what the view might be there. I can't imagine it's the greatest view of the stadium from those types of seats, anyways.
1: No, they're not. But when you buy those tickets, it'll say obstructed view, and it lets you know that that's an obstructive view. But the fact is, when if you bought those tickets three months ago, if you didn't, if you bought tickets and seats just to the right of what was an obstructive view it's now your seats are now also obstructed because the foul pole is significantly wider. So It's got chickens hanging. So off
0: how it. would you, how would you negotiate your way around that? Would you go to the box office and say, this isn't what I signed up for. Give me another seat. Or are you going to say, because it's the Mets and it's terrible to watch anyways, are you going to leverage it for a free chicken sandwich?
1: I would probably go the chicken sandwich route because if you say, this is not what I signed up to watch, you could say that about every Mets game from no matter where you sit.
0: That is a fact. <laughs>
1: So I, there's also the, I mean, there's the easy joke that this is just doing some fans a favor that they don't have to see what's going on down there. But then again, who knows? Maybe it, maybe it's getting better. I mean, they they seem to have bought at the deadline instead of sell. Uh, they had all these options to sell pitchers, and they're all still there. And they added Stroman, which just kind of blows I, my to mind. To be
0: fair, they did let Jason Vargas go.
1: That is true. That is true, but that seems to weird. the Phillies. Yeah, the, the weirdest thing of the last two summers has been the random Phillies Mets trades. This one, the one for Joey Bautista and the other one for as Dribble Cabrera. Like some of the weirdest like are you serious? The Phillies and Mets made a deal? Like I just I can't wrap my mind around that one. I'm okay with I'm okay with division rivals making deals. It's just the these deals are just weird ones.
0: I yeah, they just, they I f- didn't really they came,
1: they came out of left field from behind a foul pole.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, on the on the plus side, I see that with raised eyebrows and a bit of a question mark, they kept Cindergaard.
1: They did, and they did. And we're going to touch on him at number two.
0: Why did two orders? you Colonel? I should have go two. Two in the
1: box. Ready to go. We be fast Good. and they be slow. Wow. Coming in at number two this week, snub topic was plain and simple. It was Syndergaard's last tweet. So we're going to do that. We're going to do exactly that. And our tweet will be a lot different because this uh, snub topic was from, I believe, Monday. And uh, right now, five hours ago, the last tweet, right after the trade deadline, is a video clip that has now 758,000 views. Uh, It's a clip from Wolf of Wall Street. And no, So Noah Syndergaard just put a uh, quote there that says, hey everyone, players only meeting in five minutes, and it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio going, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not going anywhere, the show will go on, and the whole whole room goes crazy, it's a great clip, it's a little bit more swearing than what I had, uh, so. Uh, this is a family, it's family down, friendly show. In. This is a family friendly podcast. We only talk about crimes that we may have committed, not that we did commit, so we won't get there again <laughs> but this is I thought this is a great uh, great tweet by Noah. I love uh I love his presence on Twitter uh, and we've talked about many players in major League baseball on their Twitter games. I don't believe we've ever talked about Noah Syndergaard. so I think that was a good time to mention the fact that he does a really good job at representing himself and posting some really funny things.
0: I also like that he's just out there about his positions on these different things, you know, taking some agency as a player for himself, uh, you know, talking about the rumors and stuff and moving away from that kind of traditional baseball mentality. of I just go out there and play and I don't talk about my career uh, in, in the sense of, you know, moving organizations and stuff like that, even when your name is all over the, and has been for the last, what, last season, uh, maybe even a bit the season before, you know, do we trade, do we maximize, do we rebuild that it added up. And he's out there, you know, actively talking about it uh, from his own perspective and on his own behalf, which I think is, is pretty cool. Um, a guy that I don't like on Twitter very much for other reasons that does the same things, Trevor Bauer. Um, if he stuck to that side of talking about the game, I think he'd have something to say. But I mean, these are guys that are out there using their platform to talk about the business side of it from the actual player's perspective, which I find, you know, really refreshing.
1: Yeah, I love everything about that. It's the modern way of baseball. It's the uh, wow, we're, it's, we're seeing so many great changes in baseball. And it's why we might be seeing the end of Die Hard Fans. And we are going to hit that topic at number one. We got one! Coming in at number one is a topic that was snubbed a couple, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. I was surprised it got snubbed because... It, me it was a great topic i really want to talk about it. actually i don't even think it should be a 12 20 vote topic it should completely be a full segment on power alley so hey mike if you're listening let's get that going let's get a full segment on this we'll start you out here so to me the end of diehard fans is very interesting in three factors that i think are leading to this uh, one is mlb.tv uh with combination cord cutting, two is fantasy baseball, and the rise of daily fantasy baseball. Uh, And three, I'm going to blame the guys at MLB Radio, because I think many diehard fans of teams have moved away from their local radio stations to listen to MLB Radio. Not all, obviously, there's still the local radio contingent, but there's a lot more of a, I think there's more of a following on MLB Network Radio that has led those fans who listen to the station become more of an overall fan of baseball as opposed to just a fan of their team uh same thing with fantasy and same thing with mlb.tv the option to be able to watch teams out of market all the time gives you the option to not just have to watch your home team and then even with that the cord cutting aspect of this many people are cutting cords with that cutting of cords you might not be as lucky as i am as a cord cutter to have that local network available available to me streaming so i can watch the phillies on tv i'm actually i have them on right now as we are talking uh i can stream them live but if my friends in pittsburgh did what i did they would not be able to watch their pirates because it's just not available to them so anyone who cuts cords doesn't necessarily have the option to watch their home team because they're still going to be blacked out on mlb.tv and if they want to watch baseball the only thing they can do is watch the national games or mlb.tv out-of-market games so again there's another chance for a fan to kind of become more of an overall fan of baseball as opposed to just a fan of their home team and I know I've kind of gone on for a bit but I feel this way like I love the Phillies if you find me in 2008 I'm a diehard Phillies fan I still am a diehard Phillies fan I would say but at the same time I have I have teams that I love I get I mean, I get excited, and this sounds bad, but I, I get excited seeing what the Braves are doing. I got excited two years ago when I saw what they did and uh, the rise of Acuna, as you very much know, with our inside pitch, pan, uh, inside pitch fantasy team when I made sure we got Acuna. And then also, like, just watching what they did today. They did so many great moves, and I'm kind of... I still want the Phillies to win this division, but, hey, if the Braves go on, that's a, that's a fun team to watch, too. So, I know, I've kind of taken this... For a long time, so I'm going to like turn over to Mike.
0: I agree with everything that you have to say. I mean, for me, um, where I grew up, I'm, I'm from Victoria, BC. So, the closest major league team that we had, uh, was the Mariners. So, there was a lot of Mariners fans growing up there, uh, but and it was, uh, you know, King Griffey Jr. was a big deal at the time, that was kind of the prime of his career. So, you know, being in Little League, wanting to be King Griffey Jr., it all kind of fit together. But of course, you know, we're Canadians, we had two Canadian teams, but really only one that was more or less relevant at that time was the Jays. They were winning world series. Uh, The strike shortened season, um, you know, kind of killed the Expos. So that never really caught on, but it was always, it was always the Jays were, you know, everybody's team because we're Canadians and that's the only team that we really had of any relevance. Um, I married somebody from Chicago. That's a Cubs fan. So I've got a soft spot for the Cubs. My dad was born in California and he just bleeds Dodger blue and he has for his whole life. His, his brother is an angels fan has been his whole life. So I come from this kind of hodgepodge of background of different teams and stuff. And I feel like there's a, a lot of people out there that are in similar situations. They don't have a hometown team. Um, You know, or they're transplanted from somewhere else. Uh, It's where I, I like seeing that, you know, minor league baseball is so prolific. I mean, there is a minor league team within 100 miles of damn near any town you kind of set foot in. There's some form of minor league. It may not be affiliated with a major league team, but there's baseball kind of across America. And I think that that leads people to follow different players because, oh, hey, I watched him when he was playing rookie ball in this little podunk town uh, that I worked in. Or, um, you know, you have guys from your hometown. Like, I follow the Braves because Mike Soroka is from Calgary. I'm not even from here, but that makes me proud. Like, oh, hey, there's a Major League baseball player from Canada. I should probably watch that team. I love Joey Votto. (laughs) You know, for similar reasons. Russ Martin, I, you know, paid attention to him for a long time for that type of reason. Um, As somebody comes from Canada where there's not a ton of baseball players from, and there's more players in, in the bigs from, you know, the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico than there are from Canada. So
1: I don't, I want to say, I don't think this is necessarily bad at all for baseball. I think this is great. I think this is why the game has actually grown so much in the last you know couple of years. The growth we have seen, I think is because of diehard fans becoming more, diehard fans of the game itself and all the teams as opposed to just one team.
0: So really the one drawback that, that I see in this type of, of, fandom moving away from kind of a, a core fan base for a team, uh, into more of a generalized baseball fan, as it were, um, really has to do with the way that ownership kind of can manipulate that a little bit. You start seeing deals like Bryce Harper, for example, Um, you can spend a lot of money because you know, you're going to get it back in revenue because there's such a following of, of the player, right? It's not, yeah, Harper's going to add this season aside. I still believe that he's going to come through in the end and be who you expect him to be. Um, So kind of putting stats for this season aside, the guy's going to pay for himself in ticket sales and merchandise and all that other stuff. So
1: if he already hasn't, exactly. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean, what was the increase in ticket sales for that first home stand because of that contract?
1: I I forget that the numbers, you know, the number of jerseys that were sold, the number of uh the number of tickets that were sold were saying, I don't have the numbers here. And I can just tell you sitting in the stands at a Phillies game. I mean, I was sitting where I was sitting. I just looked in front of me, the entire row in front of me, every kid. Yeah. Had a shirt on. So like, I, my kids have Harper shirts, and like they're not even allowed to be Phillies fans. So. You, you end up with <laughs> these,
0: these deals in certain places, and, and maybe Harper's not the best example because the Phillies are still building to win, uh, but you bring in some names to generate some income. Uh, rather than it may not be the best fit for the team for winning, it may be the best fit for the team for business. And I still have a hard time kind of reconciling those two pieces. I get it that baseball is a business, but I miss owners like Mike Illich that were like, get me that guy so I can win.
1: I'm thinking a lot of Dodgers fans right now are thinking about that right now after today's actions. And let's we could probably talk all day on this topic. Let's leave this now. This is where Mike, Mike Farron. Hey. This is where you need to pick up and talk about it for a full segment or two or maybe even do a round table discussion on I don't know. You can uh, oh, you can always can
0: call in if you want. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll call into that round table. You can have the jargon and hubs portion of that. That would be actually great. We actually sidebar. We should do that one day just like both of us call in again. I in. Have, let's do it. We'll figure it out one of these days. Uh anyway, we're going to speed on out and talk some trades. I feel the need the need for speed time to speed on out of here and what a trade deadline it was like a whole bunch of deals came in at the last second there four o'clock hit and i just kept refreshing my mlb insiders twitter list that i have nothing nothing and then like four or two i hit refresh and that's when it just started piling in Granky and all the others oh my god i when i when i when i hit refresh and i saw Granky to the astros i i just jaw dropped that that right there is an absolute winner (laughs) Like that's, if we want to give, if we are able to give World Series trophies, if we can run that Jim Duquette, call it now music in the background, I'm calling it right now. The Astros are your 2019 World Series champions.
0: I'm pretty sure I'd have to go back and listen, but I, I think that yeah, we were.
1: Gina, Gina from upstairs just shouted boo. <laughs>
0: that's okay. What have the Yankees got? What a reliever? Good job. Yeah. Uh,
1: the, the, the Yankees are getting a Pedro Severino maybe later. That's it.
0: I mean, great. Okay. Maybe. Uh, no, but I mean, sending, sending cranky to Houston, that's, that's a big, bold move. I mean, in a five game series, when you have to face Verlander and Granke and then I, I blank, you
1: Garrett Cole, I mean,
0: Garrett Cole. Thank you. I was, that's who I was forgetting. Garrett Cole and then Wade Miley, who's having a pretty damn good season yeah. right now. Um, in a five game series like that's that's buzzsaw right there and then in a seven game series you're facing the top three guys twice that's, that's that's gonna be rough on anyone
1: yeah and i i think outside of one of the bigger pickups that they had and i'm not i haven't read anything on it i'm not sure if this is how they're going to use him but it's the way based on what i've seen this year from aaron sanchez and how he should be used one inning at a time if they could throw him in that bullpen if he could be that eighth inning guy oh my god that could be that could be game over at, right at that point if you're going to put him in an, in, the, in that eighth-inning role to just shut people down because he could do it for an inning. He just can't do it for five. That, that I, was a big yeah, thing. This you, could,
0: you could put him through the lineup once, basically, by the looks of it this season anyways. I mean, there's so, a guy, But if
1: that's the case, throw him in the eighth inning. Like, make him well, your eighth-inning guy. and That's what they need with Presley down.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good acquisition ahead of the playoffs and stuff. I mean, the they're, they're, the Astros are in no danger of not making the playoffs. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, another team that doesn't look to be in danger of missing the playoffs, the Braves. They had a great day picking up a bunch. We mentioned that earlier. And lastly, on my list of uh, trade pickups is the team that didn't really do anything, and that's the Dodgers. What are they doing? But to me, this can all be solved. Uh, well, the bullpen can't be solved really, but the everything else can be solved if they uh, figure out a way to get Gavin Lux into that lineup every day at second base very soon. And then I I don't think you have to worry about much because that lineup is just it's already scary to begin with. Add him to it, and I know I'm a little biased because I have him on my fantasy team, but I, I don't think I'm crazy considering what he's doing at A right now. <laughs> it's just insane, uh, so he, he absolutely should be on that Major League roster right now, and that could really push us to another, which I'm a, I'd be excited for. I know it's not always great for the game of baseball and any sport. We've seen it in NBA to see the same teams over and over in the World Series, but an Astros-Dodgers World Series would be kind of fun to see again. But
0: there's no you, Darvish this time, so it won't be as fun.
1: Eh, there's plenty of other reasons we could like it. Just think of Granky facing his old team in the World Series.
0: That'd be pretty good. Uh, yeah, that'd be all right. Grinky versus Kershaw, Game 1 of a World Series. Well, I guess I don't, you know, Grinky wouldn't even get the ball in Game 1. <laughs>
1: Might even, even get the game. Would he get it even game two? Like, how do you? How do you? Actually, I think you
0: got to put him in over Cole. L-
1: let's fin- finish. let's finish this podcast with that. How do you put them one, two, three? Like, Verlander's got to go one, right?
0: Verlander's got to go one because I mean he in theory could. I would pitch him three games in a seven game series if required. I would have yeah. no problems putting him out there for that. That guy's a horse. Um,
1: Garrett Cole's got to go two
0: I would. I would probably take Greinke uh, in game two. With the possibility, yeah, for two games, Garrett Cole in Game Three, and then have him ready for short relief in Game Seven, if yeah. uh, or Game Six rather, depending on where it got to. Yeah, I would I would go Furlander, Grinky, Cole. That would be my my three guys, and then Miley in the middle uh, for Game Four.
1: I like it. All right, now last thing last thing here, trade deadline MLB pass, but now at. Midnight here, coming up in two hours from where we're recording right now. is our trade deadline. So let's finish this podcast off with one last thing here. What do you you want to trade me here? Because I need to beat you in our... Oh, wait. Oh, I guess that won't work, will it? We are fighting. So for our Juggernaut Hubs listeners here, we are actually in the same division, and the two teams above us are way ahead of us. We're talking like 30-some games ahead of us. And there's only one playoff spot available for Hubs and I and we are fighting over it and he's got a nice little 11 game lead on me with five weeks left so i don't think we're gonna be able to work out a trade not, not ins-
0: I, I don't know <laughs> let's see uh I'm, I'm just having trying to have a look at your ross here and see what do you need
1: uh, i need to make up 11 games so no I, I i'm not dealing with you i can't do it so we'll deal in the off season Uh, I
0: I hope that we don't become like the Yankees and the Mets and just, you know, we we tolerate Uh, each other because we have.
1: No, we could (laughs) deal in the offseason. I just feel like whatever I send you now, if it helps you finish off this division and beat me, then that would be awful. So we just can't do it.
0: Now, Just think of it this way. As long as one of us takes down stakes, we're good.
1: That is true. So maybe if we just combine our powers, we can pull, like, maybe we uh, do a little Braves Mets, not Braves Mets, Blue Jays Mets action and make sure you get Stroman for nothing.
0: Yeah, just a little little healthy collusion. No problems there. (laughs) No problems, (laughs) Kamish.
1: Yeah, that's okay. Hey, it's okay. They don't listen to this podcast, so they would never know there's collusion, right? That's a good point good point so if, if you are listening to this podcast you can follow us at jimmy's jargon and hubs phd you can also catch all the episodes on facebook and itunes subscribe to us you get those notifications and they're great uh, and that, i think that's it i'm going on vacation next week see city let's go i'm gonna hang on the beach have a couple drinks and uh, do no podcasting so we'll have to try in two more weeks to get this going all
0: right enjoy your vacation my friend and take care of everybody else